We are back for part two. I made a joke at the top of the last podcast. I'm still watching the ESPN series. It might have been more timely after our messaging. This was a lot of Sunday fights. In fact, it lapsed the NBA All-Star game by about two or three durations, which is all proving fighting way easier from outside the cage because that thing's a marathon. Somebody's like, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I think it was Dominic Cruz. Boy, he's right, and it was not just for the fighters, but the whole crew of us. It's time for Verbal Tap. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Rap Esparza. Raph, how are you doing? I'm fine. Um, this this was so much fighting, wasn't it? I mean, how much fighting are you used to? Like, I guess you're probably used to this type of, but wow. Two, two separate, like the main card and the prelims is a lot. I told you this off air, but I really do feel it's the truth. If I watch something and I know my level of patience, which I'm told is very high, and I'm watching it and I say, this feels long, I know that Kevin's reaction was, "Mm, this is far too long. I'm getting bored. And really, this is the meanest thing you can do to Kevin which is it's already weird that they're making fights on Sundays. I'm not necessarily against it, but putting it on the same weekend as the NBA All-Star weekend is kind of hurtful. Felt personal. Did feel personal. And we're not talking just any events. Started at 5 p.m. The main card, 7 p.m. So I was 4 and 6 if you're following along with my mountain time business. The cards are still going on at 9.30 p.m. That is just over six and a half hours of fighting. To give you some perspective, a baseball game at its real longest can hit that five-hour marker. No football game usually goes that long. Basketball aforementioned this. J. Cole did a concert during halftime at the NBA All-Star Game, and that thing started at 7 and was Done by 9.30. It was done before Cain Velasquez hit the mat. That's straight up impressive. Michael Westbrook was able to land almost... Russell Westbrook was able to land almost more punches than (laughs) Cain Velasquez. I'm saying baseball is in the middle. Hot take alert. Dial up ESPN. Tell him Kevin's on the blower and he's upset about something. You can genuinely listen to the baseball commissioner as of this morning talk about a pitch count because times are changing we got to get more dynamic the average nba game is only about two and a half hours the only average nfl game is about three and a half hours we have to get our sport down we have to make sure we're competitive we can't be taking three hours for the cubs to lose to the twins in late august no one gives a shit and there was many points and i thought espn was going to fix this with the ufc i thought they were going to come in and be like Hey, let's cut three of these fights. Uh, let's work on maybe not airing the preliminary card, and let's really boost up the main card. That is not what they are doing. There was still just and props to ESPN. They really are pot committed. They are seven hours of content yesterday, including <laughs> UFC Unleashed, which they did a whole. Let's look back at some of our amazing fights. Rafa, I just. Is the average fan right now watching MMA? And I'm curious, listeners, as you like, talk it out out loud in the car right now. Mm-hmm. Do you like how yeah, long please. the fights are? Do you not like how long the fights are? And let us know. Rap, am I a curmudgeon? Or was this 84 fucking hours of fights? 
Okay, so I've watched fights with you, and I've seen it break bad where you yell at the TV like an old person at about hour three. So I use that as kind of a scale of your attention span. And mind you, this is when I've seen you also have a lot of weed, and I think, oh, this is taming the beast, right? Like, he should be okay. And then I realize, no, Kevin angry. Okay, this isn't going well. Where my concerns are are as follows. At one point, I messaged you, and I said, why is Megan Levy in the fucking octagon? And I got no real response. You're just kind of like, well, why? And I go, because if she has enough time to get into the octagon, it tells me that's enough time to put people in there to fight. So her being in there <laughs> is a great reminder to me as a producer, like, well, we got nowhere else to put her. Have her go in the cage. And I go, looks nice, but also put another fucking fight on. And of course, it's not entirely their fault. I think that might have been an ESPN note where they go, can we put her in the cage? And she goes, sure, I'm for it. Or maybe she said it. I don't know who said it, but it definitely made me think at that point. Yeah, we could be speeding this along because – this is a long day. Now, to the UFC's credit, they did tell you up front there were going to be six fights on the main card. And they really wanted to make it a big deal because this was the first time they had a main card on ESPN television, which you would not have known at all if you had watched the preliminary fights earlier on ESPN plus and it's become a little bit of a routine now uh, on ESPN programming when they have the UFC where they start off each broadcast with Anik and Cruz having to fill you in on well this fight's not happening because uh, they somebody missed weight two females or I think one of the females missed weight I don't know exactly the full story I just know that we had yeah, to cancel a fight yeah, there were three people who missed weight. So don't fucking dock my pay if I don't remember who the fuck they are. I just know we had to cancel one fight. And as a result of that, they had to do a whole thing where they go missing weights terrible. I mean, you know, it really throws off the rhythm and we hope everybody's OK and injuries. And I hope that they're going to be OK because this and this and this and this and blah, blah, blah. Kev, the preliminary show to me felt long and I kept thinking, why can't we speed this up? Why can't we start moving a little bit faster? But I recognize I'm watching the preliminary fight. It's my fault as well, but they did lose a fight, so I gave them a little bit of credence. However, that doesn't help the rest of the night when they did have several fights go very quickly, including the main event. So why don't we start top down, Kev, because I have my feelings about the main event. I'm sure you have yours. I like the top down approach because yes. top down also, I honestly think we should top down the fights as they were. Which sure. were quite amazing, but fortunately they do it in order. Francis Ngannou <laughs> knocks the shit out of Cain Velasquez. It kind of looked, and I'm curious your thoughts, because I watched it 17 times, and I'm still not exactly yeah. sure what he knocked him out with. Kind of felt like a, a back-of-the-head fist. Yeah. And no one seemed wildly upset about it. I mean, who's going to tell Francis Ngannou? But there is a small discrepancy where I'm like, is he allowed to get hit in the back of the head? And I guess when two heavyweights are just clamoring at each other, they're like, it's a no holds barred. You know, this is a fight game. Let it go. Hit him with a few shots. But what I saw Kane kind of fall to, it felt like was the the hammer fists of the back of the head, which when a guy shoots in on you, I love this personally. I think you should be allowed to punch him wherever. Super important to note, not an MMA fighter. So 
my opinion, yeah. has a certain lack of care. Were you surprised, unsurprised? I mean, this is kind of Francis Ngannou has a certain reputation. This is it. Okay. Here are my feelings that I can recall. First things first, which is uh, Francis Ngannou seems very happy to be there. They took kind of a posed photo that you do as a fan when they were doing their stare off or their weigh in photo where Nagano walks up to Kane and just puts his arm around him. And Kane's like, um, are we fighting this week? <laughs> uh, so that should be clue. Number one, that it's a little odd of circumstances. The second thing that seemed to strike out to me was when Kane walked into the octagon and you just look at the physicality between the two different fighters. It's not like you say, Oh, he's going to lose because of this. But you recognize they kept harping on the fact this was his first fight in three years. So you're hoping for the best. But even if you're making a fair wager, you got to take that into consideration. So the thing that really concerned me, and this is when I get to be really weirded out, is that later on, Chael Sonnen and Aero Hawani were hosting their show. Which, by the way, my wife woke up from a nap while watching this, if that tells you how long this is going on. But she goes, oh, they have a show together. And then goes right back to sleep. So there was one thing that concerns me that I agreed with that I thought the exact same thing that Chael was talking about, which was why was he throwing kicks? Those kicks did not look okay. And as I saw him throw those kicks, I go, yeah, I don't feel great about that. He's going to have to shoot in. Oh, he's shooting in. Oh, okay. Oh, that's not looking good. Oh, and the fight's over. I definitely had this feeling where I you can look at the tweets that I was putting out, but I definitely said, yeah, I don't like the way that Kane looks right now, and it's more concern than, ah, uh, fuck that guy. It's more just, yeah, this doesn't seem great. I think Francis is going to not, oh, fuck, yeah, that happened. All right. At least he did it quick. I do always appreciate it. I always appreciate it quick. Well, Let's just end the, this. Uh, Somebody's going to have to go. The other thing to consider is, I know we said this, with Dillashaw and uh, Cejudo, where there was a quick knockout. But once again, you have somebody who's on the flagship version of being on ESPN that they're touting as the first main event on the actual ESPN channel that weirdly echoes the very first Fox just on the opposite side of the coin now because we had a 30-second fucking fight back in 2001 when Fox had Junior Dos Santos and Cain Velasquez. And then they just kind of looked around at each other and said, oh, well, uh, you guys want to watch it again? Because we wasted a lot of time doing absolutely else. We didn't show you any other fights. Uh-oh, that sucks. <laughs> Here's the good news I can tell you, though. The ratings were good, Kevin. Uh, right as I went to go look up the card real quick, it did look like it brought in a 1.1, which I know doesn't sound great, but it is a good number uh, for television. Um, the full five-hour window, to give you an indication, was a 0.9 rating, which is still TV good. That is up 83% from uh, Fight Night mid-card in uh, 2018, and it's the highest rated on cable uh, since uh, January 2016. All right. So the ESPN brand delivers in this regard. So does the UFC brand. It is also one of the top three highest rated UFC telecasts since January 2017. I like the way that really shoehorned in top three highest rated UFC telecasts since January 2017, which really isn't that long of a time. But still, that's a, a good start for the UFC's investment. 
No lie. And they did get a good fight in the Paul Felder James Vick. This is an yes. extremely good fight. Paul Felder collapses a lung in a decision round three win that I think you could have convinced me either way, and I would have been fine. Both fighters bloodied and half inflated by the end of it. And I did see a funny quotation that was like, luckily he has two. It's like, not that's not funny. <laughs> it might be accurate, but this Oh, I laughed at that. And I'm maybe not a, a good terrifying person. Terrifying especially I don't know. He's a ginger. There's a lot to consider here. I tried not laughing at that, but then I did. So that's my bad, everybody. Oh, it is. That is funny. This was a good fight. Check this one out. A lot of back and forth exchanges. It got bloody. Neither neither guy, neither guy would fall, and including one of them, whose lung collapsed, and he was like, "Nah, I can I can ride this out to a decision victory." I don't know how I would go back to my corner and tell them, be like, hey, man, is everything going well out there? Yeah, it's really good. I think my uh, you guys, you guys know I, you have two lungs? I don't. I think, I, I think I'm think i working at 50% breathing right now. It's like, what? Like, oh, man, that sucks. Well, get back out there. Put some ice on that back. Ooh, <laughs> do you put ice on the lung that's injured? I'm not sure. Somewhere in someone's intoxicated uncle was like, that's nothing. I was spot with two collapsed lungs. It's really, I won, it was, I, he, trust me, it's not as hard as you think. I won three CIF titles with one lung, and I actually won it with a quarter of the lung, and then they put one back in. They ripped That's out nice. one of Joe Wilkes' lungs once. That's just what I heard. Woof. Courtney Casey loses to Cynthia Calvillo in a decision that I... I could not pick out of a lineup if you asked me. Yeah, to. I understand. <laughs> I, I definitely remember the uh, ginger that <laughs> was all bloody and fighting James Vick. I remember the Con Gracie, but the other two fights, it's it's hard to uh, grab it. I even know Luke knocks someone out. Don't remember how. It's gone. Yeah. Well, here's the good news though. Uh, Cynthia, after she won, she was getting booed pretty hard by the audience. And then she did what she had to do, which was she spoke Spanish. And if most of the people there were there to see Cain Velasquez, it's a pretty good guess on how to win the crowd. That's a great one. And, hey, you know, big win. Moose 8-1 against around their decision. This next fight we need to spend some time on. Yes, please. More than most of the other fights. And I'm actually... Going to do a little teaser here, Raph. Before we get to Cron Gracie defeating Bruce Lee, Alex Caceres, mm-hmm. I just want to take a quick second to talk about the breathable, hip-controlling, comfort, durability, underwear engineered for hygiene, and all the fantasticness that comes with NorthSouthJiuJitsu.com. They are our absolute favorite undergarment for grappling. And this isn't something, obviously, they're friends of the show. They help us keep the pirate ship afloat. But we also use them. And we don't have to. They sent us some free stuff. It was like, hey, well, you know, we'll see. I'm addicted to it. I can't go to the gym without my north-south jujitsu underwear. And I'm about to embark on a little grappling challenge, Raph. I'm Mm going to try and go three days straight, both classes. Everybody, cross your fingers. Oh. I'm going to try and do three consecutive days of grappling. Get about six hours of Jubera <laughs> wisdom in. I can only do that <clears throat> with 
the best engineered jujitsu underwear, North South jujitsu underwear. Please check them out, NorthSouthJujitsu.com. Sleek, in control. You don't want to skimp on good under-training garments. Raph, Cron mm. Gracie is bringing. Okay. I'm not even. I don't even. Now I train under the Gracie sort of flag, but I didn't prior. I don't even. I didn't have the Kool Aid. I'm drinking this Cron Gracie Kool-Aid, and I might name this podcast something outlandish if I can clear it through Verbal Tab Legal and your approval sentence before. definitely no. Cron Gracie is the motherfucking man. He does that little duck in, gets in, throws some fists, throws some feet, takes his man down, chokes him out. And that that did not look fun. That is a tough person to have on your back. He has choked out some quality opponents and some unquality opponents. He choked out Gary Tonin when he was just a pestering, up-and-coming meteor. He has choked out the best in the business, and now he's choking out a really good, really good striker. Am I overreacting? Round one submission. No, the... Prevailing wisdom was always, well, how would he fare in the UFC? And we found out yesterday pretty well against somebody who's had some pretty good fights in there. I will say I was trying to watch a little bit. Like I'm trying to make the best bang of my buck on ESPN Plus because I sometimes get really mad that I had to order it. I'm not watching any other shit on there. I really don't have a need for it right now. However, I was trying to watch some of the um, informative programming that they use where they say get to know crone crazy and this dude who's got a fro so when they put on the alex Caceres, uh behind the scenes stuff i always try to give the fighters the benefit of the doubt and say oh well let's get to know them let's see how they they fare this is their chance they're on espn now so they're getting profiled let's see what they talk about everything Caceres brought up i go oh, i don't like you as much Ugh, I don't like that at all. Like everything he talked about, he goes, man, sometimes I just plant things in a garden. I was like, mm, okay, that's not me. And it's just like, yeah, and I bang on my drum sometimes and I just hit these bongos. There's a poster of Bob Marley behind me. I go, uh, yeah, this isn't turning into my favorite thing in the world here, kid. <laughs> Meanwhile, my wife, again, uh, in and out of sleep, she sees them uh, talking about Crone. And she just goes, "What is, is it? Crone or Cron or Crone?" And I go, "Well, he's very clear. He has a thing on his back that says Crone, like ice cream Crone." And my wife goes, "I'm going back to sleep again." I said, "Okay," but she did ask this one question. I'll ask you this though, Kev. She goes, "Hold on, all those other R's in their names, and he's Crone." How'd that happen? I was like, oh, yeah, I don't remember that. I know somebody told me once, but I don't remember. The ice cream crow? Well, why is everybody else named like Hoist or Hodger or every other R pronounced as an H? And then just a K in there. Letter. And then just him being K. You spent time with his dad. I mean, what did Hickson say? Did he mention? Yo, I did not ask him that. I don't know. That's you, not what you You ask. had a few minutes yeah. with the man and you weren't like, hey, why'd you deviate from the standard when you named your son? Um, okay. Bad journalism. Bad journalism. Yeah. Hey, you take your licks like a man. This is on you. 
slash I don't know. I, I, okay, <laughs> I honestly, I like, I kind of presume he, he was really into Conan, and he was like, "What sounds kind of like the Kron?" But you also name. think like like Ron is in there, so it's R O N. Uh, anyway, we're spending too much time on this. Oh I do God, feel Ron though, Gracie. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, that's what I wanted to be. Uh, Han Gracie, just <laughs> it's like um, first name Ron <laughs> doesn't quite match up, but I like it. Well, you have to pronounce it Han, so be like, Oh, this is Khan. Have you met Khan yet? He's great, you'll love Khan. Um, the one thing that did seem to stick out to me that I think told me a little bit about the mentality side was you had one of Caceres's coaches who said, Hey. There's no way we're going to lose the stand-up game. And I'm pretty Ooh. sure they're like, yeah, there's no way he's going to lose at all on the stand-up exchanges. And Crone didn't look bad, but he just looked like, well, that's some good intel. Uh, I'm just going to take this to the ground as quickly as possible. And whereas you saw that Alex Caceres was kind of backing up and trying to keep his distance from him at the very beginning, Crone uh, actually just pushed the action and pressed him up against the cage, was forcing that takedown very, very effectively after letting him kind of get a couple strikes to kind of feel his distance. I thought it was a really good strategy, and I, I, I had a higher appreciation for it. And then once you saw essentially what was a body triangle, it's kind of that off to the side one, I just said, yeah, this isn't happening. It's three minutes and 30 seconds left in this first round. You're just going to die, dude. That's That's really what's going to happen there. There are several things that I'm sure could be critiqued, and I can't think of one of them. All I saw was that ice cream crumb magic that I saw sign Gary Tonin's ass with a magic <laughs> marker a few years ago, live and in person in the featherweight division of UFC. This is the most excited I've been about a grappler fighting, and I'm going to rank them in order, very okay. specifically. Rafael Lovato Jr., number one. Kron rises to number two. Moving, of course, Dylan Danis to the bronze, slightly nudging out our pal Gary Tonin. And I'll tell you yeah. how Gary can get back in the top three. He can find out what's in that fucking briefcase in one championship <laughs> that they're always presenting to him. That someone, <laughs> somehow, no one seems to know what it is. Then he can, he can definitely have the Danis spot. And this is, uh, this is, we're getting into finally, Raph. It feels like three or four years ago that Gary made his famous proclamation. I'll see Kron either in a super fight or, I don't know, in a few years in MMA. And you and I were like, wow, that was very astute shit talking because that's probably how long it would take. Yeah. Hey, we're getting there. Well, Gary did put up a really nice note. I don't know if you got to see this, but Gary basically was saying, you know, hey, good luck to him. I know we're, I'm not in the UFC. I'd love to do another super fight somewhere in the near future, but I'm rooting for you. And then afterwards, Gary actually tweeted out, hey, man, congrats. So it was a very nice gesture from Gary. Um, I've been told that Crone is like, I don't, I don't care. I don't want to do that. I've already beaten him. What, what's the point? Um, I do ask you this, though, Kev. The joke I posted and I don't know what your feelings are one way or another, but I just thought to myself, you know, obviously Hickson was really happy. He posted as much on his social media saying he was really proud. But do you think there's another part of him that's watching that and goes, 
Yeah, that's cool and all, but you know, three hundred and ninety five more to go before you see your old man. Okay there, pal. <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of room to go. Okay. Just saying yes. I love the fact that he has four hundred wins and I still don't know how you keep track. I maybe if I ever got above ten, I'd be able to keep track. And right. I'll tell you someone who's not gonna be able to keep track of anything. That would be Brian Barbarina, which sounds like a song. The Barbarina, uh, the ba 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 There was a lot of things that were going through my mind, and then I saw the poor man get kicked in the face multiple times with knees by Vincente Luque. And rap, I'm sure it doesn't. But do you think getting knocked out with six seconds left in the fight matters? Yeah. Uh, okay, I love this fight for a number of reasons. Uh, one, whenever they weren't necessarily technically great, I said, oh, but they're putting everything they got into it. You know when you're watching a fight of the night when you see it live. It just tends to scream out at you and it says you can't deny this. And it's rare that I'll ever just say like, oh, forget whatever happens tonight. That's the fight of the night. Uh, what is strange though is as you're watching it, I had a buddy who had to come drop something off, and I made all the way to that last minute. And they said, hey, I'm downstairs. So I had to go meet them, and I said, fuck, all right, I'm going to go. I run downstairs. I see them real quick. I run back up, and I see we're already interviewing <laughs> Vicente Luque. And I thought to myself, oh, he couldn't have pulled ahead on the scorecard that doesn't make any sense he was he was behind at least in my scorecard and my wife just goes i think you want to rewind the tape like really bad and i go okay and i watched it and my heart sank as i saw with six seconds left to go uh you see barbarina just get knocked out I, i just thought man that that's rough but you know i i floated this idea in my head where i go is there a way to say that you won or lost a tenth of a fight, like fractionally? Or they go, what's your record? It's like 4.6 to zero. They go, what? Yeah, 4.6 and 0. I'm, you know, I've won two-thirds of that fight, but definitely lost that last round. So just yeah. <laughs> Just saying, it'd be a nice thing to consider. And then I was like, oh, no. Then we're going to get all those people who are like, participation trophies. And I was like, no, that's fine. But to me, that usually signals when a fighter does just enough to make you think, yeah, they mostly won that fight. But the thing that made me mad about Brian in that particular fight was when he was putting on the punches and was really pushing the action, he led Vicente back into the fight in that very first round when Vicente was working on a rear naked choke. And he was climbing over him, and it was really weird. But Vicente wasn't necessarily working on the hardest person defending the submission at the beginning because Brian's arms were all spread out like he's on all fours and he wasn't protecting his neck. And I just started screaming out, someone teach this man submission defense, please. And I, that, but I think that's a good sign where even though it's not technically the best, I was invested at least to be yelling at something because I felt like, man, that guy did a really good job. It would suck to see him lose 
just because he didn't do a two on one on trying to fight the choke while getting back up. Um, but he prevailed his way out of it and he showed he had a lot of grit and the fights were great. And they apparently, I think the uh, statistic Anik told him afterwards was the most punches or strikes thrown in a welterweight fight. So congrats to both of them. It was a great fight. It was, it, there was a lot of transition. It was a good fight. Last on the main card, Andre yes. Feely, Andre Touchy Feely, defeats yes. Miles Yuri, though. Tough, close decision, I thought. Yes. Less fun of a fight, given the Vincente Luca, Brian Barberina, but I do want to give some honorable mention to, and we're going to keep going down the. Manny Bermudez got a submission after Altamont Sterling defeated Jimmy Rivera via decision in the third round. Andre Lee defeated Ashley Evan Smith via decision. Nick Lentz defeated Scott Holds It Down Holtzman. Is that related to the Chris? Is there a Holtzman uh, clan I should be terrified of? No, this one's a different one. I do want to just let's talk about Manny Bermudez for a second. His guillotine choke was amazing. Yeah, pretty sick guillotine choke. I really like the way he set it up. Just with that double unders and switching his grips and just the way he was able to trap the arm, like every part of that, I highly encourage if you've got a good guillotine game or you're just intrigued by that sort of thing, go watch that fight. Um, the other thing to maybe note is Hennen Barrow, Kev. The leg in guillotine or whatever it yes. was like he had his he had a, his dude's arm with something in his legs which is not cool it's a brand of yes. Catherine thing i hate that yeah so there are all those things and more but the luke sanders henan burrow fight is maybe one i want to bring a little attention to because oh, excellent i didn't catch these you're talking early prelims Ravs going to well, the early yes. prelims uh henan burrow we put up a joke he missed weight. And this is a fighter. He was a champ who used to miss weight a couple times. It's not a big surprise. Um, it's just unfortunate. But he definitely had this look on his face that said, I'm how much? And he seemed genuinely surprised how fat he was on the scale. So uh, <laughs> I, that's I when we made the joke. Did you there. see this? I, yeah, no, well, but, but I know that feeling quite well. <clears throat> the joke that we put up was when your nutritionist tells you they've actually been giving you the mo fat options. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I just thought, you know, if they have low fat, you know, I mean, oh shit, is that what I'm eating? Damn it. So, it was pretty brutal. Luke Sanders just destroys Henan Barrow in the second round, and it's it's one of those knockouts that you look at and you say, Ooh, ooh, yeah, okay, Hennen. I think I think we're done, dude. Really? If you don't fight, I I don't know, man. If you can't make weight and you're getting knocked out that viciously, I hate to say this, but I do feel that my want to see you continue to fight does decrease a little bit. And if you have a history of missing weight, and if you've already won a championship. I do start to worry about your general health. And Kev, if we're being honest, that's the fourth loss in a row. 
that's the what sixth loss in what five yeah about five years now out of about 10 or 11 fights it's not great great minds do think alike though a little bit because i will say i was going to remind the audience former champion but i appreciate that you already snuck it in there head and brow fall from grace pretty Pretty substantial, which happens when you're in the middle of a sport that's evolving very, very quickly. And that's what he was in. He was in a MMA sport that evolved out past him, maybe just quicker than he was prepared for. But this isn't great. As you said, it, I didn't even know he was fighting. So not yeah. great that I hadn't clipped over. Yeah. Well, I think it just sucks. I think they were – I really want to tell myself they put him on there to try and get more people interested in – uh, the ESPN Plus, but I really think they themselves are starting to fall out of it. And Kev, here's the thing: the dude up until 2014 was 32 and two. Like, good. that's really good. But now we're starting to get to 34 and eight, and you start thinking, like, I mean, how important is continuing to fight for you, dude? Because that's a lot of cage time. I just hope his health is good. I hope he's good. Um, but you know, that last win over your eye favor, uh, that was really significant was February 1st, 2014. And his last win period was against Philippe Nover. That name sound familiar? Um, Nover, it does not. I, yep. <laughs> I do not know who that and is. And Mitch Gagnon. So. Oh, tough name. Tough name. You one. know. Mitch yeah. Gagnon? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so those, I mean, those are really, to me, uh, especially when, not to discredit him again, it's just lost twice to DJ Dillashaw, Jeremy Stevens, Alamein Sterling, Brian Kelleher, uh, Andre Elwell, and Luke Sanders now. Like, I just think to myself, bro, you're good. You're, you're good. Call it a career. We'll call it good. We'll call it not quite. So if I saw Hennon Burrell was fighting, um, I don't know, even TJ Dillashaw, which isn't going to happen, but let's just say I saw, I saw it. I would not be excited like I was when I saw Conor McGregor might be fighting Cowboy Cerrone. Yes. Gonna why, why not? Ping pong miss into the end of our coverage about our card. I'm, no one on this card I was excited about, though, as much as hearing Francis Ngannou not get a title shot offered to him at the end of it. Tough sure. times. For the Nganu, he's got to fight somebody else. He's going to be fighting Stevie Miocic. I'm calling that right now. Wait, Stevie um, went down. Yeah, yeah, it still might work. In. It still but might happen because both of those the, guys are the odd men out right now. I think the saddest part about this, in my perspective, is that he didn't really fully get the credit he deserved because. I don't think he was doing anything wrong, and he took advantage of the situation. Obviously, watching Kane's knee potentially buckle, but then he was standing okay. I mean, we'll find out more in the coming days. Um, you know, I think Daniel Cormier was even saying, like, yeah, I'd knock that guy out. Um, you know, wanting to avenge his friend and Kane. Kane had a, an amazing run as well. I don't want to call him done. I feel like it's really hard to tell Mexicans not to do things. So, you know, especially ones that have brown pride written on their stomach, um, you know, there there might be some adjustments to that. 
uh, I'll just say this, dude. I really respected Kane getting back on the microphone and giving uh, Francis his due. And I thought that was a really classy move because, you know, for him to just say, like, obviously I'm upset, but don't boo him. Like, he's great. You guys are all here for me, but he was, he's doing his job. And afterwards, Kane looked really, really um, and appropriately upset at the post presser, but he was just relaying the fact that his knee buckled. Some people were like, did his knee buckle or did he just get punched really hard? And it's, it's a little hard to fully say, but um, I'll tell you this, even if I'm on the ground after my knee buckles, I don't want to take any of those punches from Francis. I'm good. At that point, I'm saying, what weapons do I have to fight you anymore? If I can't stand, that's a significant problem for a wrestler. Yeah, I'm pretty with you there. That shit looked brutal. He's it was a terrible. big dude to have any, I mean, to have any knee problems at all or anything. That's a big dude to have it happen to. It is. So, Kev, you were talking about how you feel about Cerrone and Connor. I would like to get more of that, please. Yeah. This is exciting, isn't it? That's a fun fight to me. Like, that's what we're trying to, with all the stuff that they're giving us that we don't want. Hey, finally. One we do. This is, to me... I there's always times I th- I obviously know Conor McGregor is good. Yeah. He's very good, but he has in a lot of ways got a, gotten to skirt having to fight some of these routine people that are part of the vernacular that might beat the living shit out of him. So how's he supposed to beat Donald Cerrone? He's got to outstrike him really really quick, and I don't think he can. I want to see that fight. I want to see it. Plus I love Donald Cerrone. I just want to see him get a money fight. I want to see him get one of those fights that people are looking into and it gives him a chance to showcase some of his cool smoothness as opposed to this guy's crazy. And I think it's a a matchup that wouldn't sell fights in the traditional way that Conor McGregor's used to. It'd be like nonsense and someone having shattered back at him. But I do think it's a fun fight. Sure. I I mean, here's my thing. If both of them aren't necessarily in immediate title contentionness, then why not just put on a fight for the fans? And I'm sure whoever wins this will be put into some sort of title contention. I just feel like the real key for Connor right now should be don't worry about having him fight a fight for a title. Just give him good and fun fights, especially after a couple of very high-profile losses. And I feel like that would get people excited. Obviously, whatever he's going to do is sell, but... A name like Donald Cerrone deserves a good payday, too. And I feel like it's one that everybody can get behind. And people who don't like Connor can really get excited for Cowboy Cerrone, which is not a negative thing. And people who are excited for Connor McGregor have that ability to look at somebody like Cowboy Cerrone and go like, yeah, I don't hate him either. But I don't know. Let's see how their styles work. I'll be watching. <laughs> and this is like as I'm shitting on the UFC in the same breath. It's like finally a fight I'm looking forward to. <laughs> We've got Don't worry, it. Kev. They'll put it on ESPN at 11 a.m. in the morning, but it won't air until 8 p.m. at night. You're joking, but that's exactly the type of bullshit that they would randomly pull. That it's like, hey, where were those fights we wanted to see? It's like, oh, they're not on. It's like, what do you mean they're not on? Well, here's the good news. They would never get rid of that pay-per-view draw. So that's 
I'm not going to say assuredly going to pay-per-view, but if they know their money and they like their money, that's where it's going. I, Kev, I'd like to transition again. Oh, yeah, absolutely, because I'm fresh out of topics. So it's you're okay. up. Go for it. Did you happen to hear anything from Nick Diaz regarding anything yesterday? No. I I didn't see, you know, maybe it was because I was in the library of the UFC at ESPN Congress. Didn't see anything from Nick Diaz. Okay, so I'm going to read you something, and then I'm going to stop midway through, and I'm going to see if that changes your perspective on the interpretation that I'm doing of it is, and then I'm going to continue reading on. Okay? Awesome. All right. Hey, look, I'm no role model. You know, I'm 35 years old. I definitely wouldn't advise anybody to take a fight for less or worth for a fight for free, which is exactly what I'd be doing at this point. I'm not taking a fight with some of these guys that are on my level. Nor will I be with them on moral ethics to even do that aside from, you know, you not painting me as a role model. You with them so far? I am not 100% with him. Is he upset Jake Shields got the super fight? I don't, I'm not, I'm not quite following I think he's a little pissed at this point that he is not being given an MMA fight that's worth his time or consideration. So in response to fans, no, 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 no. He had the Anderson Silva match and then he got that whole ban. Like he had a ban, which they said was done. And I believe that fight was in 2016. Let's get a uh, a little bit of some fact checking go over on this side because Kev, um, that's just weird. Like he's a good fighter. I'd like to see him continue to fight. Yes, it was back in 2015, not 2016. My apologies. So here's the fact that I wanted you to consider before I went any further. I was like, I'm trying. (laughs) Which was. Um, do you think that you take him more or less seriously as he is saying this and essentially this kind of language, uh, while, uh, using his nunchucks no, and no way. talking directly to the camera? Why? Uh, I mean, this is difficult to digest i mean i want to say super quickly love the props Mm. i think that's a great call i think you should Mm. add some nunchucks you should add i mean really whatever you want right well yes he's got the but here's here's the end of what he was saying if there's an offer like i couldn't refuse (laughs) the things would be different until they are uh, I like to continue to think I've been fighting to make the world a better place, but until I can't do that, I don't want to hurt nobody. I just want to party. Well, he doesn't by chance have a daughter's wedding coming up, does he? Because I watched this movie. It's a little old called The Godfather. Mm-hmm. And it said when someone's waiting for an offer that they can't refuse, You well, they didn't say this explicitly, but it was mm-hmm. implied via subtext. He actually does say something about not being able to resisted on the day of his daughter's wedding so maybe we could try that sure um i did send you a link so there's a photo of him by a fireplace which classy um i would invite you to click on the arrow left twice and then hit the play button for your own benefit while i talk to the audience and tell them my interpretation of all this because 
Friends, uh, yeah, here's just the see thing. that part because I'm having trouble getting it to play. But I was that's fine. My phone apparently. That's fine. I just need you guys to understand. When I saw this, it's not like you get surprised by any of the antics of the Diaz brothers, but it did have a certain charm to it with him uh, putting his nunchucks all around and then still trying to like keep a, 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 a fierce eye on the camera. And I thought, this is a difficult thing to do, to really explain your perspective as to why you're not fighting. He's and uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, bless him. It's a, it's a tough gig, dude. So I guess that's All what right. I got for you on that side, dude. Mushroom you, matcha drink mix. Oh you want to go one? He does have. Yep. He does just have. It's just him staring nunchucks. at you and with, with the nunchucks. With really 90s jeans on, too. I enjoy yes. the, uh, There is like a early 2000s. <laughs> The right. Janko jeans. Well, I'll say it right now, and mm. I stand by this. Having nunchucks is protected under your constitutional amendments, and sure, it, it doesn't is. get the same attention as guns, but I think it counts as arms, just like rocket launchers, and I'm for it, Raph. Let's let them have it. Sure, absolutely. I also feel that as I saw him with the nunchucks, I go, how many press conferences would be improved by someone announcing it while – with uh, nunchucks in hand. Uh, I guess the other things are to, to really just kind of blast through. Uh, Sergio Kartanov uh, has a hemorrhoid as a result of a kick to the groin from uh, one Matt Metrion. You know, I actually saw that. And yeah. boy, talk about Paul Felder, the one-upper, with his whole collapsed lung. It's like, God, we get it, Paul. Take yeah. it to the next level, why don't you? Matt Mitrione should stop kicking people in the nuts. That's my stance. And much it like I'm pro-nunchuck, I'm anti-scrotum kicks. On the other side, uh, apparently it looks like the judge of the Mark Hunt uh, lawsuit against the UFC just uh, threw it away, which uh, I really would love to see what the lawsuit is, uh, especially for somebody who goes, uh, they took steroids – they suck, Mark. I feel like that was uh They should that give was the... me money. Yes. All right. And they're like, Rolling. well, did you stop fighting for them? No. Under no circumstances. Oh. Bought several times. Just bought some guy in New Zealand. I also like uh, Bobby Knuckles' suggestion to the middleweight category for both Adesia uh, or Asanya and uh, Gastelum who are both jockeying for their position and just be like, oh, if you guys want to do something while I'm injured, why don't you fight uh, Yoel? Okay, fine. Bye. So I was a big fan of him uh, putting that gauntlet down. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'll just say this, dude. I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but Henry Cejudo should not write poems, let alone not write poems to Nikki Bella. I feel like that's the best advice i can give a human being at this time that's nice of you thank you i feel so too and you know what kev i think with that we are caught up on all the mma news there is today nicely done us northsouthjujitsu.com is the place you should go for all your needs it's time for some shout outs raf future shout out to jubera for the six hours of jujitsu i'm going to consume in the next three days huzzah Massive shout out to our Jiu Jitsu Drago if he would choose not to break me in the near future. 
He knows who he is. Yes. That'll do it for me, right? Well, let's do this. Let's go ahead and give a shout out to the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. LA Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, last I checked, Eric is on the Combat Jiu-Jitsu card this Friday. Uh, but you know to what? Headline it. If he just waits patiently, <laughs> if he waits patiently, he'll be number one. God, I hope not. That's gonna be two. It'd be oh, my heart would stop. Him versus Yuri Samoas with slaps involved. Nah, too, I'm good. He is too pretty to get slapped by Yuri. One hundred percent. So. I believe I should be there. Um, if I am there, come say hello. If you're there, I would love to chat with you. And, um, you know, that's good stuff on that side. However, who knows? Maybe he's not on the card because that card's been really, really all over the place crazy. So there's that. Let's go also and give a shout-out to Valley Martial Arts Center and then uh, my good friends over at 10th Planet Van Nuys. I'm just on the end of getting uh, – or being sick, I should say. And I have had to sit on the sidelines – for about two weeks now, Kev, and I'm so over it, but I'm so close to turning that corner. I believe in the next day or so I should be back to training. So I cannot tell you how much I am looking forward to that because uh, it sucks just sitting on the sidelines and thinking of training, uh, especially when somebody goes, hey, Raph, are you coming to training today? And I was like, let's see. <laughs> I wake up that morning. I'm like, <laughs> and I go, no, I'm not. Uh, I had one person tell me, they're like, hey, man, good for you staying off the mats when you're sick. I was like, I don't deserve your fucking thanks. No, but I'm with him. I always appreciate what people do. I do too, but but like you don't get a fucking award for not going there. You just get fat and angry. And when you get fat and angry, people are like, oh, man, aren't you so glad to be on the mats now? And I was like, no, because it's going to take me a month just to feel normal. To breathe. So, <laughs> so look forward to it. Yep, very much looking forward to that. And I think that will do it for me. Hey, that'll do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I am Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night and good fight. Please note, the new number is...